Chapter 30, A History of California, the American Period, by Robert Class Cleland. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 30, Review and Prophecy. As the writing of this history draws to a close, the mind instinctively looks backward over those eventful years with which the volume deals. In this brief survey, one sees first the faint awakenings of American interest in the Spanish province of Alta California. The New England merchants traffic again along the sunlit, poorly guarded coast. The shadow of Russia hangs for a moment over San Francisco Bay. The hide and tallow vessels laboriously collect their cargoes at every little port. Smith and the Patis pioneer away across the continent, the first adventurous immigrants wind wearily down the mountain trails, and John C. Fremont fights his slow passage through the Sierra snows. Then the scene changes. Jackson and Tyler have already pressed their feudal negotiations upon the Mexican Republic for the province. Larkin seeks to bend the disaffection of the native leaders to the interests of his government. English ambitions hold a threat of danger to the program of the United States. The Sacramento settlers raise the crude bear flag as a symbol of revolt. And finally, a strong-willed president acquires California as the fruit of war. The gold rush follows, a tumultuous beginning for the new day. Statehood, then, and a time of social and political adjustment when a restless people seek to accommodate themselves to ordered government and the restraints of law. Vigorously, too, they give themselves to the greater task of making nature serve the purposes of man. They fill the treasury of the world with gold, reclaim an empire from the wilderness, turn the rivers into useful channels, meet the challenge of the mountains with a railroad, and securely lay the material foundations for a splendid state. Upon this foundation, later generations build. How swiftly and successfully the preceding chapter, but just now, sought to show. So much for the past of California. What of her future? Of the state's increasing economic progress throughout the coming years, there can be no doubt. So long, at least, as her mineral resources last, her soil retains its fertility, and nature takes no unwarranted liberties with her climate. Along less material lines, the promise of the future is no less attractive. The last few years, especially, have witnessed a surprising growth of culture and education among the people of California, and an increasing emphasis upon the agencies which make for these things. Art galleries, libraries, and museums, either privately endowed or provided for from public funds, are being erected in ever larger numbers. Education, too, in the generally accepted sense of that word, has become almost a passion throughout California. The public school system, using the term to include all branches of education supported by the state, has justly acquired a fame of national and even international scope. Except in very sparsely settled regions, the old-fashioned schoolhouses, unsightly and poorly built as generally they were, have been replaced by buildings architecturally beautiful and thoroughly equipped to minister to the comfort and efficiency of the students. Whether grammar school or high school, in rural communities or in the largest cities, these attractive buildings, which so impress chance visitors to the state, 
stand as unmistakable evidence of the place education holds in public favor from one end of california to the other of colleges universities and technical schools the state has also many splendid examples but in recent years the facilities of these institutions of higher learning have been sadly overtaxed to care for the students seeking entrance the state university at berkeley founded nearly three-quarters of a century ago by a handful of earnest men under old dr willie's leadership has grown to be the largest university in the united states at palo alto stanford university established by mr and mrs leland stanford as a memorial to their son long since won and still maintains a distinctive place in national educational life the university of southern california situated in los angeles and now having a total enrollment of over five thousand students stands as an abiding testimonial to the early methodist belief in higher education smaller institutions of a high-grade collegiate character are mills college near oakland the only woman's college in the state pomona college at claremont founded under congregational direction and occidental college located about midway between the center of los angeles and pasadena a school of presbyterian origin and traditions the california institute of technology situated in pasadena is an engineering school exceptionally well equipped and giving promise of great attainments in various fields of science the lick observatory on mount hamilton in northern california and the even more renowned carnegie solar observatory on mount wilson near los angeles enjoy an international reputation for their part in broadening the knowledge of astronomy the golden gate museum in san francisco the los angeles county collection at exposition park and the southwest museum also of los angeles are making valuable contributions in the field of art history and science most of the cities and counties of california maintain public libraries of an excellent type in northern california the state library at sacramento and the libraries of stanford university and the university of california are of outstanding importance in southern california the los angeles public library so long serving a great need with efficiency and success though poorly and inadequately housed will shortly have a handsome and fitting building of its own the henry e huntington library and art gallery near pasadena the unique benefaction of mr henry e huntington to the southern california public has already attained an international fame because of its priceless art and literary treasures and the rare beauty of its building to the realm of literature california has already made certain noteworthy contributions of these the works of mark twain bret hart helen hunt jackson john muir frank norris and jack london are perhaps the best examples among the nation's poets the names of joaquin miller and edwin markham are not unknown hubert howe bancroft and theodore h hittel during their lifetime achieved a distinctive and permanent reputation in the realm of history but the newer school of historians with its center at the university of california and to a lesser degree at stanford bids fair to win an even larger fame indeed in nearly every field of literature as also in painting sculpture and music california's greatness lies ahead rather than in the past 
though the prophecy lacks the pleasing feature of novelty it at least contains the virtue of truth that as these arts came to their full fruition under the warm skies of greece and italy many centuries ago so here in california they will sometime flourish with all the vigor and beauty they enjoyed in those earlier lands the panama pacific exposition at san francisco in nineteen fifteen and the panama california exposition at san diego in the same year gave tangible evidence of the growing influence of this aesthetic spirit in the state there is too in california with all its vigorous life and earnest purpose a recognition of the value of leisure and wholesome recreation that modern society sadly needs here there is unlimited opportunity for outdoor pleasure in few other states is it possible for motoring tennis and golf to be so universally indulged in by families of moderate means the seashore especially the numerous resorts from santa barbara to san diego furnishes a vast all-year playground for the people the coast range and sierra madre mountains and to a much greater degree the sierra nevada are a vacation ground for tens of thousands of californians annually who shall say what it means to the welfare of a state if even the smallest fraction of its population can stand on such a spot as glacier point and see spread out before them a panorama too full of splendor to be described of mountains and snow and sunlit peaks the yosemite valley lake tahoe giant forest general grant park the feather river region and the humboldt county redwoods are all easy of access and internationally known but no less wonderful for scenery and of even greater attraction to the more primitive lover of outdoor life are those regions beyond the reach of ordinary tourists through which run the headwaters of such great rivers as the kern the kings and the san joaquin from many other aspects life in california also holds peculiar distinction and attractiveness small towns and ranch communities are so closely linked to one another and to the larger cities by paved highways electric railway lines and telephones so many labor-saving devices are in use in the homes of these communities and such a high standard of prosperity obtains among the agricultural population that the oppressive handicaps of isolation and drudgery so long associated with rural life have in large measure been abolished california cities too are fortunately seldom so congested and cramped for room as eastern cities and the tenement problem consequently is not so common or acute for persons of moderate or even modest means the typical dwelling is the bungalow built in any one of a thousand different styles and nearly always in a setting of flower gardens shrubbery and lawns altogether therefore the citizens of california today enjoy a prosperity an attractiveness of life and cultural opportunities probably greater than those to be found among any other people but these advantages are not all clear gain and in certain of them at least may lie the springs of serious danger it is more or less a maxim of history that increase in wealth tends to stifle the spirit of democracy and soften the fiber of a people the stability of california as of the nation itself rests upon the broad shoulders of the middle class 
Only so long, therefore, as the great body of her citizens remained true to the old American virtues and to the old American traditions, will the state's security be assured. In the luxury and ease of modern life, in the spread of lax ideas regarding morality and the sacredness of law, in the increasing demand for government to do for the individual what previously he has willingly done for himself, there are unmistakable evidences of danger. Nor is this all. The unprecedented industrial development of the last few years, the disappearance of cheap land, and the rapid growth of an urban population have already brought to California the perplexing labor problems of the older states. Not as yet so aggravated or difficult to deal with as in older communities, the issues between capital and labor must sooner or later be solved in California. However, as in the nation at large, by justice and reason on either side, or they will destroy the very foundations of the social order. Other problems also present themselves. By origin and tradition, California is essentially an Anglo-Saxon state. Her people, as yet, are still largely of American stock and hold fast to the American ideals of home, family, government, and religion. Today, however, currents of foreign blood are emptying into the mainstream. California not only faces an oriental problem, the danger of which to the superficial observer seems to rise and fall according to the proximity or remoteness of a political election, but also has, in some respects, the more serious task of assimilating an increasing number of un-Americanized Europeans. Most of these belong to the laboring population, but others rank higher in the social scale. So long, however, as the standards and ideals of a foreigner run counter to the fundamental traditions of this country, it makes scant difference whether he is literate or illiterate, a laborer or a millionaire. His presence under any condition constitutes an evil to the nation and to the state. Indeed, in some respects, the most serious problem now faced by the United States is how to remain American. California as yet has not felt the full pressure of this issue, but with a rapid economic development and the ever-increasing foreign immigration, using that term in a sense broad enough to include all those who are out of sympathy with the fundamental traditions of this country, she will soon be called upon to guard her heritage as an American state from perversion and extinction. It is altogether likely that this will prove her most difficult task. Such as are some of the problems which the future holds in store for California. They are no longer the problems of a frontier state, for California has long since outgrown the pioneer age with its discomforts and simplicity, its crudeness and open-handedness, its provincialism and freedom from conventionality, its lack of so much that we today regard as essential to the higher art of living, and its vigorous individualism, and has adapted herself to the changed conditions of the modern day. Her problems, accordingly, are the complex problems of a highly civilized, cultured, prosperous people. But the same strong spirit that three-quarters of a century ago pushed across the continent, transformed a Mexican province into an American state, and gave to that state boldness and vigor and wealth and ideals, will solve these newer problems also. 
so long as that spirit lives and the fear of god remains in the hearts of her people the destiny and greatness of california are assured end of chapter thirty end of a history of california the american period by robert class cleland